Ahoy and welcome aboard. This is the maiden voyage of Snippets of Scripture. And at the helm, I am Dylan. And I'm Cameron. And it's great to be with you. And I use that nautical theme intro because the very great preacher, Charles Spurgeon, spoke of today's verse a lot like this. He said, The Christian believes that an invisible hand is always on the world's tiller, and that wherever providence may drift, Jehovah steers it. And that verse today is Romans 8, 28. Cam, can you take it away for us? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. There's a bit more to go in that. We're going to focus just on the first half of Romans 8, 28. And we're going to break it down into bite-sized chunks, hopefully within five minutes. And the first three words that we look at, and we know. And it's a great thing as a Christian, isn't it? That we know that God is in control. We know that he works things out of evil for good. Mm. It's not a vain hope. It's not a wishful desire. It's a knowledge that God will do these things. What a great place to start. But further on, and we know that in all things. Now, Cam, I don't know about you, but the pessimist in me, when thinking about all things, goes straight to evil. What is the greatest evil for humankind? Well, it's sin. How would you describe sin, Cam? Yeah, I describe sin as uh, the way that us as humans have turned our backs to God. You know, when God created the world, created it with a specific order. Uh, he said that everything was good. And then us as humans have turned away from him and, and rejected that way of living. And so the way that we have turned against God and live against him is uh, sin. And it's a great poison, really. It affects our whole being. But controversially, as this may seem, there are good effects that sin bring about. Now, one of those good effects is that if we are sinful people, hopefully in a godly view of this, we will see that we are in a dire state and we are in a dire need of a savior. That's a good effect of sin. And another one is that hopefully if we see ourselves in bondage to sin, then we'll be hoping, we'll be aching, we'll be striving for a day for a person who will bring about a liberty from that bondage. Thomas Watson, an English Puritan, he spoke so great on this very verse. He says this, Sin is a corruption that makes the saints prize Christ more. He that feels his sin as a sick man feels his sickness. How welcome is Christ the physician to him? Moving on in our verse, God works for the good. Now Augustine says, God would never permit evil if he could not bring good out of evil. A great quote by Augustine about God's goodness and about his control over evil. Now, Cam, one of the most famous passages in Scripture speaking about God bringing good out of evil uh, is that of Joseph and his brothers towards the end of Genesis. Now, his brothers persecuted him a lot. What did they do to Joseph, Cam? Yeah, they, they beat him up because they were jealous of um, you know the way that their dad was treating him. Um, all his brothers were jealous of him. Then they uh, sold him into slavery to some guys that took him to Egypt. Just o over the years, you know, he worked as a slave. Um, he got out of his slavery, but he ended up working his way to be second only to the Pharaoh. And then decades later, um, there was a famine and his brothers ended up coming to Egypt looking for help and so you know here they are Joseph's in power his brothers are underneath him and they're sort of trembling in their boots thinking you know we've treated him terribly obviously you know he's got power over us what's he going to do and that's when Joseph says the famous line what you did to me you intended for evil but God intended it for good and so he's then able to to help them that's right Genesis 50 verse 20 a great verse about God bringing good out of the evil that the brothers did to Joseph and the very last bit of today's verse, of those who love him. Now, it's a great reminder that we are to love him. 
That's the whole essence of the Bible. It's about God, who He is, and who He is through His Son and through His Spirit. And we're not to love the things that He gives us in of, of themselves, but to love God, His Son, and His Holy Spirit in themselves. And Watson again has this great quote. He says, God will not be behindhand in love to us. For our drop, we shall receive an ocean. So for us stuck in lockdown, what does this verse mean? As in, like, how, how can we be applying this to our lives? Yeah, well, I think one thing is that we should measure our love towards God. Now, we know that he's in control and he's providential over evil, but we should be kind of having a litmus test of our love towards God. And I think two ways in which Watson spells that out for us is that one, the fruit of love is in the musing of the mind upon God. Find ways in which you might muse your mind upon God during this time. And another is that the fruit of love provides courage now, if we love God, then we'll have the courage to tell more about him to our friends and family and to have courage that loves God in a world that doesn't love God.